to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand. With me, as always, is Logan Stump. Well, you like glitch chat. I'm assuming you asked how I was doing. I'm doing well, Jordan. No, I said I hope he's doing bad. Is what I said. (laughs) (laughs) I hope he's having the worst day ever. It's it would be a despicable thought, Jordan. It really would. Uh, thankfully I am also recording this on my end <laughs> because we're having some issues here. So hopefully, uh, it's not too, too bad on the live, but, um, yeah, we're here to talk some of the big news that has happened over the past week. Uh, some huge changes in the table. Uh, some reporting about Greg Berhalter we'll get to later. And of course, Nations League semis preview, Gold Cup drop, and all the MLS action that we'll be diving into today. But uh, overall, the table has, I would say, mostly stayed the same. But there's some big changes here. And one of the big changes was Sporting Kansas City is now up to ninth place. They have 20 points on the season, which is now equal with Portland, RSL, and Minnesota United. There was a time where Minnesota United was uh, undefeated throughout the season. Um, that time has come and gone. As now, uh, Sporting KC is... Uh, what above them or right below them? I think I have the standings here. Hold on. I looked at it earlier. Uh, They are right above Minnesota. Who's now fallen out of a playoff spot. And they're only nine points off first place in the West. Now, if they keep playing like they did in the past month, we could be looking at uh, Minnesota. I mean, sorry, sporting being top of the West. This was my pick for game of the week last week, and uh, S- SKC showed out while Austin uh, pretty much showed nothing as they lose 4-1 to Sporting Kansas City. But uh, I saw our friends on No Other Pod say, I can't wait to see what Extra Time says about Sporting, and then they later updated and said they didn't speak about Sporting at all. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, so we are. We're going to talk about sporting, who I feel like we've covered pretty well this season. We have. Um, Maybe but better I, than anybody. <laughs> I guess this is why you give Peter Vermees the full season, is because when things looked really bad and they hadn't won uh, for a long time this season, and now they have five wins on the season. Like I said, they're they're even with Portland, Minnesota, SKC. They're only one point behind Houston, who we thought had a pretty good start season they're only six points behind san jose who's had a pretty good start to the season i mean the sporting kansas city team is quickly rising back up and um uh it, it really makes galaxy look really bad in, in hindsight but you know going from going so long without scoring a goal remember that was that was an issue for them in the first few weeks of the season and now here they are they're scoring four on austin they've kind of been on this run where they're scoring like high scoring uh, games each week um 
but Logan, I guess just your thoughts on SKC and, and this turnaround that they've had now. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that we talked about, obviously, was that their defense was always going to struggle just because they've had injuries to that back line that we didn't know if they could kind of recoup after losing uh, a couple key pieces back there. But then we we really focused or shifted our focus to their goal scoring. And we said, man, who, who's going to score? Nobody's scoring. Now it's like Alan Polito scoring. You've got Daniel Shallowy scoring once again. So uh, they're both at four goals right now. That's eight goals total in between themselves. Alan Polito just scored two in this last match. If they start to score goals between those two, I mean, they, you're starting to look at one of the better attacking fronts in the league just because – when they had performed well in the past, Jordan, you and I talked about how dangerous this SK team, SKC team is. And you got to remember that there's still some remnants of this team that, that finished, I think it was second in the West a couple of years ago. So, <clears throat> I, I mean, I think that it's a really good team uh, if they can, you know, find the pieces to kind of place in. They've got a transfer window coming up in Europe where they could kind of get some pieces, I think, and a transfer window coming for the uh, MLS side. So so signing players, I think, could get interesting if they sign a couple of players to help maybe shore up some of the defensive problems that they've had. But, again, I, I it's crazy, right, that, that you and I were talking about how long do you let Peter Vermees go? Because uh, – and people got to give us credit a little bit. I mean, it, it's not like – you know, and I think maybe if you were uh, blinded by the rose-colored glasses that you were wearing uh, when watching Sporting Kansas City, this team was like on a historic pace for being bad. But I mean, this was this was a team that was like, are they ever going to get to double-digit points at some point in the season? Now all of a sudden they go on this stretch of games, and again, soccer is a funny game. It turns around quickly when you can gain three points by winning a game, and the teams above you are just grabbing one or none. So. Uh, kudos to them hats off to peter vermice i had him dead to rights out gone completely out of the the just the legacy that he had left behind it was it was going to be tarnished i think because the last two seasons haven't gone as well so uh yeah no it's pretty interesting that it's been such a quick turnaround i'm really impressed though just looking at you know where it started to go right for them they had not won a game all season until we got to the first week of May when they played against Seattle uh, and they beat Seattle 2-1. I remember, you know, we had an episode like that was a Sunday, I think. Uh, maybe, maybe it was a Saturday. I think it was a Sunday. I was out with my wife and watching it at, you know, Texas Roadhouse. And I'm like, oh my God, SKC might actually get their first win. And just... What a difference a, a, a month makes, right? A month and a half because they have five wins on the season now. This was their May. Uh, they beat Seattle. They beat Minnesota 3-0. They draw with LAFC 1-1. Now, of course, they lose to St. Louis 4-0. Uh, but then they rebound and beat Portland 4-1. They beat Dallas 2-1. They draw with Vancouver 1-1. And then they just beat Austin 4-1. So, again, this is a team that didn't score a goal until week four. Four, match day four and uh now they're scoring like three to four goals a game at times it is completely insane uh but you know now they get another stab at lafc here coming up um on the weekend to see okay the last one they drew at lafc can we now win one at home uh especially lafc's coming off a devastating loss of the CCL, but then they also just lost embarrassingly to Houston four nil in Houston over the um, weekend. And now LAFC also has a, uh, has a short week as they're going to play another MLS match tomorrow, Wednesday, and they're playing Houston again. That was just some weird scheduling, I guess, from maybe a makeup of open cup or something. I'm not really sure why it's Houston than Houston, <laughs> back to back but now lafc might be in this little post ccl hangover and they lose to houston and now they have to play them again this time in la and then they have to travel to sporting kansas city on the weekend and face a hot sporting team so i'm kind of wondering like i had had in these standings you know there's a lot of games left in hand for lafc uh, they have like two games in hand of St. Louis. They have four games in hand of Seattle, but maybe those are not as easy wins as I thought they were going to be for LAFC. 
Yeah, it is interesting. I, I was looking at the West, Jordan, and we always talk about how like the Western Conference I, I always appears to be the stronger conference. This year is not the case. I mean, it really has been kind of flipped on its head, and I think it's just the the inconsistencies from the West. I mean, St. Louis and Seattle went through a stretch where they were dominant, and now they've kind of trickled off uh, and fell backwards. Then St. Louis got hot again, and all of a sudden they've lost one and drawn one in their last two. Seattle lost one and drawn two in their last three. So it, it is. There's a lot of inconsistencies and ups and downs. SKC, if they keep going on the trajectory in which they're going, they're going to catch up to the top of the Western Conference, which is absolutely wild from from the positioning that they were in a couple of weeks ago. And then you look at the Eastern Conference, Jordan, and, I mean, there's some really strong teams in the Eastern Conference. And you look at the point totals. I mean, you look all the way down into seventh place where Orlando sits at 26 points. That's 26 points right now in the Western Conference. I know LAFC has only played like three games this year, but <laughs> but <laughs> that gets like, you third place. Yeah, yeah. That gets you third yeah. place, which is insane, and, and how inconsistent the Western Conference has been. And if I do look at it like from an objective standpoint, which we do, I, I mean, I would say that Los Angeles or LAFC, sorry, <laughs> I don't know why I called it that, um, but LAFC is the strongest team possibly in MLS uh, when they're going when they're going and going well. Maybe them or Cincinnati, I'd argue, between the two of them. Um, but after that, I, I do. I feel like the West has a lot of teams that are just just above average. And, and I think Seattle's a good team on paper, but I, I don't think they've really proven to be, I think, that gauntlet of a team that, that people thought they were going to be just because of the talent levels. If I have to shout out a hot take on June 13th at 7-12 on a Tuesday, I do think it. it's going to be that – the winner of MLS cup is coming out of this Eastern conference because they are looking sharper than the Western conference teams. We talk about how the Western conference teams love to beat each other up and maybe that's what they're doing. That's causing this, but I feel like there's been so many key games too, when it's a Western versus an Eastern team that the Eastern team comes out on top. So, uh, and that's just, I guess hearsay because I'm not actually looking at the numbers of that, but you know there was what since he beat Seattle one nil earlier in the season, um, you know I there's just some games. Yeah. What I think Nashville's played like twelve Western Conference teams or something stupid. Um, which team was it that played like you played the East yeah, like right. day? We, we smashed them in. <laughs> <laughs> but Nashville's beaten Dallas recently, so there's that. Uh, I feel like Philadelphia, too, has had a good run against Western Conference teams when playing against them. So uh, they lost this last one. But I feel like Philly usually plays well against Western Conference teams. So I don't know. Like, I think you're right. Like, I think there's – I'd love to know the numbers just because – and this happens in every sport, though. Think about it. Like, the American League had always done that, too. Where they beat yeah, the yeah, and other. there was talk in the NBA, right? right. Like the Western Conference yeah. was the strongest yeah. uh, conference, Always. you know. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that proved true last night, right? When, right. <laughs> when yeah. Denver won. But um, which, by the way, I want to shout out the Nuggets here because I used to play with them on on Sega, thinking that they meant the Chicken Nuggets. Um, and as a kid who loved Chicken Nuggets, that was my team. <laughs> that was the team I would play as. Congratulations, though, Jordan, on your world championship. I'm a Wizards fan now, so I'll okay, never get right. the feeling of that. <laughs> so yeah. it's fine. Well, if you say Wizards fan, you could be sporting fans. KC, and they're right. on a run, yeah, man. I know. We talked about this. <laughs> it all comes back to this. Okay. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to kind of uh, point out some sporting Kansas City stuff, too, because they've been playing um, so well. I feel like they deserve uh, a little bit of a spotlight here. I think also when we're looking at the best team in MLS, I know you said LAFC, but I feel like at this point I I have to go with Cincy because when you look at what Cincy's doing, not just point-wise, I guess, but uh, 12 wins, only one loss, four draws. They've only given up 16 uh, goals. Now, LAFC has only given up 14, so I guess you have that too, but... Uh, I don't know. I just think Cincy, they're nine wins at home. So they have not lost at home yet. That's still a big thing. LAFC has uh, also not lost at home, but they've drawn. Um, But Cincy is perfect at home right now. I don't know. I just think that this team is like the the, the team this year. Uh, They already have 40 points. I mean, if this was an overseas team, right, we're looking at, their relegation save <laughs> at this point, 40 points halfway through the season. Actually, um, 
they're one less than halfway. They've only played 17 games since he, but we're at the halfway point. Match day 18, right? Is uh, what? Uh, that is 36, right? And we they do play 36 games, right? Where do we play 38? 34. We play 34. Okay, so we're already yeah. past halfway. Look yeah. at that. Um, at the halfway point, if you're a Cincinnati fan, you got to be thinking, feeling pretty good. I, I mean, if you look at their points per game, 2.35, no one comes close in the East. Nashville, 1.88. Uh, they're eight points off. There's an eight-point gap from first to second. If you're looking at the West, there's a one-point gap from first to second, right? So it is like such a, and like I said, nine-point gap from first to ninth. Uh, you're looking at a <laughs> 18 point gap from first to ninth in the East. I mean, that's unreal. If, if since he doesn't win the supporter shield, I think there, it has to be disappointment, right? I mean, they are just playing so well. I mean, of course you have to factor in LAFC's games in hand, which uh, is three games. So three games of since he, uh, if they win three games, that's nine points. I'd put them at 30, five points there that would still be five points off the pace of Cincy so I feel pretty good if you're a Cincinnati fan yeah and they just made a signing um which we didn't really talk about because I don't think it was out yet when it was confirmed I have it Aaron, up here yeah oh, DP okay. forward um yeah. Aaron Bopenza yeah a, a Gabon uh international yeah um he playing from the Saudi pro league so he's been playing against Cristiano Ronaldo that's true. Yeah. And almost Lionel Messi until the MLS absolutely <laughs> stole away from yeah. those oil money uh, machines. Um, I'm trying His to look up. Deal is only going to run through 2025, but they have options for 2026 and 2027. He's 26 years old. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm looking at his stats 63 goals and 138 club appearances, most memorably with the Turkish uh, Super League, which was the top league. Uh, and he was the top goal scorer in 2020 and 2021. Netting twenty-two goals, one assist. Um, I, I mean, this is—he's looking like somebody that could really compete with some of the top strikers in this league. Just kind of looking at some of the stuff that he's accomplished. Uh, has five goals and twenty-four caps for Gabon. Um, It's—he's uh, an international teammate with uh, Denny Buanga. So you know, he's got experience. He's going to talk to a guy that is very successful in scoring in this league. Um, so if he, if he takes anything from his, his uh, international teammate, um, ah, man, this is going to be a great team, I think. And like you said, Jordan, I think right now, if you're looking at a team, I, I think on, on paper, I'd still give the advantage to LAFC if they would go up against each other, just because I'd like to see Cincinnati in a proven playoff atmosphere get it done, um, which I'm always hesitant when teams really arrive on the stage, right? It, it always seems in sports that when you arrive, you still have a year to learn. Um, and you get into, you know, maybe they make MLS Cup final. And then I think some would say run. they arrived last year, though. I think so. Um, it depends on what you mean by arrive, yeah. I guess. Because I mean, they played a really good game against Philly last year. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be like the precursor. Like, if let's say they do go far this year. I, mm-hmm. I, maybe not win it, but if they go far, I, I think maybe you could look back at last year and say, oh, this was a, this was a precursor to that now of course if they like crash out then you'll say this this was the year that uh they made it right and then next year they get better so i guess it'll be kind of hindsight at some point but i would say with the way that i felt about since going into this season was that they had arrived last year even though it was only you know uh pat noonan's first year as a coach and and um uh albright's first year as their gm that i was like I don't know. It just felt like such an immediate turnaround for them last year that this year I felt like the pressure was on to kind of succeed. And I feel like they've already been doing that. Now, of course, they th- to succeed, right? The ultimate goal is MLS Cup. But if they do something like Union where you're going up a step each time, what, you, you probably get to a conference final or MLS Cup final this year. And, you know, anything can happen at that stage. I mean, really, the Union were like, 15 seconds away from winning it last year you know it really was just the the header from gareth bale that ruined it and if that ball just bounces the way for cincy they could really see themselves lifting up the trophy this year um 
for me, they just got to keep staying the course, right? Uh, I like that they're bringing in a player of this caliber already because they're losing. They lost Brenner. He's going to Udinese. There's rumors of them losing Brandon Vasquez. You need those replacement players to come in. And hopefully this is where MLS can get tricky and world soccer as a whole, right? Is will they hit, right? Right? Will they hit or will they flop? And sometimes players you think are going to be a hit flop. And sometimes it's the players that you had no clue coming and make a impact. Um, you know, Kai Wagner, he was like a second, third division player. Nobody was really expecting him to come in and solidify a spot on the union and be part of a really good defense, but it can kind of go either way. So, um, yeah, but that that's kind of the, um, my vibes with, with Cincy, I guess, is that, uh, for me, I think if you told me at the beginning of the season, Oh, they just miss out on supporter shield. I would feel like that's great. But I think if you told me now, it's like, you must've collapsed because the way that they're playing is, uh, so good. Yeah. I mean, win it now in the Eastern conference, because Miami's about to sign, I think all of, uh, La Liga passed, um, <laughs> I think NES is coming. Did you see the news about Jordi Alba? Jordi Alba is supposedly a, a concrete fix. Uh, they just have to get the deal across the line for Inter Miami. Um, but I, I do. I feel like there's this is the window that Cincinnati needs to take advantage of. I, I think that you know you've got a good squad. You've seemed to figure out the defense that I think was really just an Achilles heel um, all season last season, especially the seasons before that. But the reason why they were wooden spoon contenders all the time was just because their defense was just so atrocious. Um, and then you, you add in the lack of scoring, they get that back. I think um, Brenner hadn't had uh, the season. I think everybody had kind of expected as he was on the way out. So I think that was kind of an issue. I, I just, I'm not sure he wanted to be there any longer because um, there were rumors that he just didn't have interest in, and he was late to training camp. They said it was more visa issues and work issues than rather than not being interested but I think they ultimately are just trying to get a deal across. They don't want him to get hurt. That's a lot of money going the other direction. Uh, same with Brandon Vasquez. I think you're you're liable to see him leave as well. Um, <clears throat> so I think Cincinnati's done a good job in kind of replacing those players. But like you said, Jordan, th- this league is so much different. Um, as far as players, like Insigne comes over and people think, oh, he's going to dominate the league. He's almost non-existent in Toronto, a non-factor. Um, Bernadeschi, he's had an okay start to his MLS uh, journey, but it's not been great. And he's kind of destroying a locker room. So it, it you have those kind of guys and you have like a Zlatan. He just wants to vape and pee, man. <clears throat> right. Right. Um, so when Messi comes over and he flops and he becomes, then you'll know how serious <laughs> this league really is. Well, that's what I was going to wonder. So, right. so not much about Messi, but when you look at this player that they're bringing over coming from the Saudi league, we've been hearing that the Saudi league is going to be stealing MLS, you know, MLS players, meaning like, the players that MLS would sign, Ronaldo, Messi's, they're going after like Zayic and, and other players. We had Mares. Yeah, yeah, that's who they're going after this summer. But what what does it say when one of them leaves to come to MLS? Is is it that he's and getting the best pushed one out? In the bunch. <laughs> yeah, is he getting pushed out by them signing bigger players, or is it like are are we seeing him taking a he's probably taking a pay cut, but is he taking a step down or a step up. You know what I'm saying? Because usually we look at some of this stuff like, oh, they're, you know, when we ship Brenner over to Udinese, step up, right? But when a player comes here, Messi from PSG to here, step down. Like, I'm kind of curious. I I think the Saudi league is not close to MLS standard. You know, if you look at, I think, rankings, Saudi league is like 66 in the world or something. So, I'm just kind of curious, but also Ronaldo went there and couldn't like immediately win them the league. So I'm really curious on how I think that would work out for like this player. Should we expect him to be scoring at the pace he is in Saudi Arabia, or are we expecting maybe this to convert to 10 goals, 11 goals? You know what I'm saying? Um, That's what's so tough about this sometimes. And I think too, it, it, it's really interesting because of how drastic and different the lifestyles are in our two countries. Um, the Saudi countries are, the Saudi are a lot different than we are. Um, and then around that area, uh, human rights issues have become, uh, 
a big problem over there. So ultimately, Jordan, what I what I think's happening is that this sounds awful because I, there are some players that I respect that I think will end up on Saudi teams, but it's almost like selling your soul, isn't it? It's like it's hard to turn down that money, right? Yeah. I, I think people it's dirty money, but again, yeah, yeah. We, all, we all sports wash it, so. Right, it's hard to turn it down because you're thinking, I will have generational wealth. And, and there's a point where I think are players, actors, whatever, right, get in the mindset of, I want more. I want more. Like, what? H- how many times has a player become the hi- highest played, highest paid player of their every position? Year. Yep, every year. And then... Five weeks later, oh, another quarterback gets his deal and it's higher, right? And they say, I want to be the highest paid. And it only matters for maybe a year at most, right? Until the next guy gets his deal. And same thing with baseball, right? Where like that money is even more outlandish, but you'll have like agents that are like, he's getting the most either at his position, right? Or overall, or they'll spin it of well, he has the highest annual average of the position, right? Like you, he makes the most a shortstop can make in a season. That's how good my guy is, and I think sometimes people want that for their ego. I want to be the highest paid player in my position. I want to be the highest paid player annually in my position, whatever the case is. But at some point, it's got to be enough. Right. Like at some point you have to reach money that you're never going to spend, that your children are never going to spend. And maybe your grandchildren are never going to spend. And so I think sometimes when they get in that mode, they're like, oh, I'll get 200 million. Either a season, (laughs) right, for some of these outlandish ones, if you're Ronaldo or something or five years, 250 million, I'll go do that. But we're talking about some players that have already made the most money in their life. Uh, That's partly why I think Messi wasn't affected by it. He's made money, huge money. He's got Adidas deals, Apple deals. Oh, the country's going to be all over him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, He got money for the world cup. Yeah. He he got money. Sergio uh, Guerrero. Barcelona pretty much went bankrupt trying to keep this guy. He went to then PSG. He has money, so he could pretty much say, I'm just going to chill in Miami, right? And my kids can learn English, and my kids can be set up for maybe a better life than if I went to Saudi Arabia. But for some of these players, it's tough to turn down. For some of these players like probably Riyad Mahrez and uh, players like Ziyech that are not going to be making that much money on any other club, they say, yes, please, I will gladly take that. We saw it in golf when we had all of these players leave the PGA Tour to go to Live Golf. And then now Live and PGA are merging. Uh, so that's awkward for all of those things. We're not a golf podcast, though. So if you want to listen to that, go go look up some golf podcasts. <laughs> but, you know, it's the same sort of thing that now that's making it even more mainstream, though, Logan, because sports washing I felt like was a thing I really only heard of in soccer circles specifically about Manchester United Newcastle United PSG even Chelsea right Russian sports washing um (laughs) Qatar right for the World Cup but now I think it's starting to get more coverage uh over here because of the golf stuff, because now, now it's affecting a sport that's kind of on the map over here, right? And it, and it's been kind of building over the course of the last year, where it was this live golf versus PGA thing, and now there were players that didn't take the money because PGA pretty much said they would take care of them, and PGA pretty much shaming any player that left, and now PGA's getting the money because they're merging with live and it's like, okay, so now they did it without any play consulting the players. The players just woke up and heard this stuff going on on Twitter and it's hypocritical, right? Because some of the things that the PGA uh, president was saying was very anti Saudi Arabia, very like this is sports washing, but then he takes the money. 
so now I'm hearing that stuff might be going on in boxing. And that's another sport that's kind of big over here and like MMA and stuff. This is going to be a conversation that continues to grow. I'm really wondering what happens when we get one of these nation funding things like Saudi Arabia purchasing an NFL team. Will the NFL allow that? Purchasing an MLB team. Because then the conversation is going to get more prevalent and prevalent over here in America. I think so far with MLS, we've kind of been shied, uh, you know, like protected from it, right? Like the closest thing is NYCFC, but they're not sports watching anything with NYCFC. They're not even funding a team, it seems like. So, you know, that is kind of protected by the single entity. But long-winded story of just saying, I, I it's just going to become more and more prevalent, and we're going to see players take the money. But in my experience, which I, I can't say because I've never been offered that type of money, but hell, I would take a million a year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't need the 250 mil. I There has to be a level that you can sustain. I'm not a fancy guy. you know. I'm not driving around in a you know, the most expensive car, I can probably still just buy a new mid-range vehicle that will keep me without me flaunting my cash, right? But for some of these people, it's a lifestyle, Um, especially if they came up at like 15 with the money, right? And they're the biggest prospect in soccer or baseball or football and their colleges are giving them it or, you know, whatever's going on they have that lifestyle then. So they're continuing to spend money. We always hear about so many NFL players and MLB players end up going broke at times because they're spending so much money. But for me and you, that money would last us uh, 10 generations. Yeah, at least. But I mean, if you're you're out there and listening to it and, and you've got that generational wealth that you're not using, Stateside Soccer Show is looking for looking for sponsors. Yes. <laughs> so d- d- don't 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 want to sports you... wash the show. Right. A week. <laughs> right. We can talk literally just LAFC if you want. Like we can totally turn it into an LAFC podcast. Just let us know. Um, leave them in the comments below your bank account numbers and transfer buyers. Um, but no, don't actually do that. It's legal. But yeah, no, I, I think what you said is, is interesting, and I think we're kind of coming to a head right i mean one of the biggest soccer leagues if not the it is the biggest soccer league in the world um is falling at the hands of the saudis and the oil money and there's really not much people can do about it i mean uh, we're all greedy humans and i think given the amount of money people will especially in those kind of situations because most of those owners are business owners anyway they don't actually have ties and roots to those clubs they're just making an investment and you'd be an idiot not to i think so they're buying you out of the contract you're getting their money you didn't do the things that that got them that money so i think there's a lot of disconnect there yeah it's a crappy thing um yeah it's blood money it's it's awful well, but like the I think reason why it, the reason why it works right is because we have an attachment to our teams that we don't have to anything else. And we're so used to rooting for the laundry, right? This uh, Jerry Seinfeld has a bit about that, where what you're pretty much doing is you're not rooting for the players, right? You're rooting for the laundry, meaning the Jersey that once that player is traded from your team, you don't care about him. You want the guy that's on your team to do good. Right. And, what happens is we have that attachment to the club if it's soccer or the team, if it's any other sport that we want, we want to live vicariously through them. So when they buy Newcastle, and if you're a Newcastle fan, you're just thinking, finally, I'm going to see a really good product. I'm going to, they're going to win stuff. Go Manchester eyes of a chains league that they would never have had without the ownership that they have. And that's the kind of stuff that that's why it works. It, it won't work like movies, right? They're not just going to pop out a movie and that you're going to go run to see because it has Tom Cruise in it. And 
you'd be like, I don't know, this seems like it's shouting some at me about, you know, the, the Saudis. But, you know, getting into the sport where you already have the connection to the team and it's not like you're going to stop following your team because they've been with you your whole life. You're not going to be like, I was an Orioles fan until it was bought out by the Saudis because it's been a constant in your life when you can come home at seven o'clock and turn on the game. And now you excuse it. And that's the whole thing of what sports washing is, right? Is the excusing of the horrible deeds because it's helping your team win. Their money is helping your team win. And you've been wanting this moment your whole life. Single entity, we don't have to worry about that as much because, like, I, I don't think there's much the FA. I mean, the FA can control who buys a club or doesn't, sort of. But, like, a single entity, each club has the, has the vote, right, on ownership. And if this I – mean, it goes through all the time where they're like, do we want to allow this owner to buy this team? And the people say yes or no. And I think it has less of a chance happening unless – teams are expansion teams which then they can just be like we'll take 500 million uh expansion money to add an nfl team and uh london owned by the saudis why like they, they don't care at that point uh, we saw it like i just said with the pga where they were very anti that until it came time for them to get their money well well off tangent there but uh i thought it was a good discussion about what's happening on the landscape of soccer and stuff. Um, okay. Going through some of these other big storylines, Charlotte three, three over Seattle, great back and forth game. Uh, you know, a rookie scoring the equalizer in like the 80 some minute against uh, Seattle. Huge moment there. Since he roll on, like we said, they got another point. They're up to 40. Zella Ryan wins it late for the crew. What has to be the best goal of the season right now, uh, a stoppage time winner from his own half of the field as he hits it over the keeper. Unreal. Some people are saying maybe best goal in MLS history. I don't know. I'm partial to the Zlatan half. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that one's but, impressive. Uh, the Gareth Bale one, header to put away the union was pretty cool too. That one was uh, not great, but this <laughs> one, this one's still pretty good. I, I have to kind of, as much as I don't want to take away from Zella Ryan, I think you have to kind of wonder what is the keeper doing stoppage time, kind of standing that far up. I, I guess, you know, you're thinking if it comes back to me, I got to hit it back forward. But, I mean, he's well off of his line that easily gets chipped even as he's running back to it. But just good awareness from Zella Ryan to hit it that far. But I, I would say, yeah, this is probably goal of the season so far. And I don't know if anything can top it. Yeah, I was going to say it's going to take like some kind of bicycle kick from about this last <laughs> From the other ago. box. Right. Yeah, like just <laughs> like it's got to be. I mean, to score from that far away is miraculous with everything that goes on in a game. And I think people are like, well, that's easy. Just He just got it up over the keeper. You know, I, I mean, if, if the we've seen stuff far, like that where it goes yeah. wide, though, because like, right. they, you know, it's you have to still far. hit it good. Right. You've got to hit it square, like right at the goal. And you kick a ball that you go kick a ball that far and see if you can aim it at a goal. <laughs> like, you know how difficult that shot is? I mean, it. it and That's it when you hit the crossbar. Pace. You say I was actually doing yeah. the crossbar challenge. So right. I won. Yeah. But and then just the wherewithal. Too. It's it's impressive that he picks the ball up where he does and goes. You know what? That keeper is really far off his line because that depth perception has to be pretty odd too. Like you really have to be able to see the field well to know how far that keeper is up off his line. Because otherwise, you're just kicking it right to him, right? Like yeah, yeah. I mean that that's even more impressive. The fact that he was able to look up, focus, kick the ball as far as he did, and into the back of the net just in in stoppage time when, when adrenaline's probably going. I mean that's just. It was like it was cool to watch just because it 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 seemed so easy for him, which was amazing. I think. Yeah, great win. Uh, and you know what is really overshadowed a bit is Chicago had just equalized like in the 88th minute, uh, so we had two late goals there. But one of them gets overshadowed by just a fantastic goal there. Um, 
Galaxy are still suffering, but they also now lose Chicharito to an injury, torn knee ligament. So I would assume he's out for the year. Uh, just a disaster season for the Galaxy. They're still not bottom of the West, though. Rapids have fallen that far. Uh, so poor I mean, we Rapids. Kind of, we talked about this last time, but like yeah. realistically, if you're a Galaxy fan, Jordan, like how long? How long? How long are you seeing this being like a reset, reboot, completely just start over? Like you, you see this being at least a couple of years before they what, get competitive again? Well, now that Klein is out, it all depends on who replaces him and how good they are at their job, I guess. I mean, if I'm a fan, I'm thinking you have two years to turn this around before I start getting even more pissed. Uh, I mean we went from the best team to the like not great really quickly. Uh, you should be able to turn it around just as quick. What I would probably want to see is maybe moving on from Chicharito at this point, just own. Um, he's getting up there in age. Uh, I think if you hire a GM and they don't want Vanny, then uh, there you go. Uh, right see the door I, I don't think it should be any sort of like we're beholden to this because we feel like he didn't take I, I think at some point you just have to make decisions that you think like what is best for the for for going forward and the vision that you have right as the gm and what you want to see done and that would Two to three years, I, I think, is max. I think three max, because if it takes five, we're, we're looking at the last time they were really good as being almost like 10 years before that. And you can't with LAFC. That'd be ten, five years from now would be 10 years from when LAFC entered the league. You cannot have it be uh, uh, 10 years of LAFC just absolutely owning you. You got to step it up faster. You got to turn it around really quick. Uh, also, the Union uh, lost to uh, San Jose. That's actually the first time Jim Curtin has lost to the Quakes. So uh, we've kind of talked a bit about how the earthquakes have really turned it around, uh, you know, underneath Lucci. And uh, I mean, they're only three points off of first place. And, you know, they, they just beat a team they never beat, uh, like a manager they never beat. So, I mean, they're, they're currently on their way up. So, shout out to the Quakes. Probably should fire Jim Curtin at this point. <laughs> uh, they're working on it, but it's not official yet. So yeah, I, they I stopped. They, like, ripped, that crowd, ripped the contract up. We just lost Yeah, right after Quakes. that loss, they were right? like, what are yeah. we doing? Get, get Matias Almeida back in here. Let's get this going. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and look at the Gold Cup roster that we have coming in here. Uh, this is for the summer. Sean Johnson uh, called in from Toronto. He had a huge blunder uh, this week where uh, in the Nashville game, that game finished like 1-1, and um, Toronto should have won that game. Uh, th this ball was hit right at Sean Johnson, and it went right off his hands into the back of the net. Not a great look there, but okay. So he's called into uh, not re that's not related to the Gold Cup. I'm not saying he shouldn't be called in, but I'm just <laughs> shouting that out because I meant to talk about it earlier. Gaga Slonina from Chelsea is called in. Matt Turner from Arsenal. Uh, defenders: Tuan Jones from the Revs, Aaron Long from LAFC, Matt Miazga from FC Cincinnati, Jalen Neal from the Galaxy, Brian Reynolds from Roma, Miles Robinson from Atlanta. John Tolkien from the Red Bulls and DeAndre Miami messy teammate right there. Midfielders G, uh, Gianluca Busio from Venezia, Jordi Mahalovic getting called in from AZ Alkmaar, Aiden Morris from the crew, Christian Roldan from the Sounders, James Sands from NYCFC, and Alan Sonora from FC Juarez. The forwards Cade Cowell from the Earthquakes, Jesus Freira from the from Dallas, Julian Gressel from the Whitecaps, Jordan Morris from Seattle, Brandon Vasquez from Cincy, and Alex Zendayas from Club America. Their group games are June 24th against Jamaica, June 28th against TBD, 
a team that has to qualify, I guess. And July 2nd versus Trinidad and Tobago at 7 o'clock. These games are all on FS1 and Fox. Any thoughts here on the uh, roster? I think it's pretty standard. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't really think there's any kind of like shocks. I mean, obviously you're not calling in like the the big names that are going to be playing the Nations League and then having a summer. Yeah, also, so, people, people were wondering yeah. about John Brooks too because they asked him about that. But I mean, he's out of the picture <laughs> at this point. I was going to say, yeah, at this point, I think you're looking at him. Uh, I mean, maybe they use Tim Ream eventually down the road. But, I mean, I think Tim's time with the U.S. Men's National Team, I saw people shouting about that, too. Like, is Tim done? Um, I mean, I think going forward to the next window, I think you're looking at them just trying to get some of these younger guys. Um, looking at it, I mean, I, I love the Dewan Jones call. I mean, I think that he's somebody that could eventually have a future with the team. Who else on the roster? Um, I mean, Gianluca Busio, I feel like they call him all the time. It would be interesting to kind of see what Jordi Mihailovic is up to and, and, and how he's been playing. Um, just because I, I think having him move to the Netherlands, you haven't really been able to kind of see what that's been like. Uh, I think Aiden Morris was somebody whose name was thrown around as kind of that future in the midfield. So that'll be interesting to see how he plays. Uh, you know, he's really struggled with injuries uh, early on. So, be interesting to watch that but yeah i think like you said it's just it's a lot of guys that you just uh i think you just call and get some experience with with uh you know some of the first player or first team names like guys like alex and dejas is gonna be on the first team cheat i think um jesus ferrera was in the last world cup as well a lot of mls guys obviously um because the european guys are going on a break but i think gaga is the most exciting though looking at that roster like I, I feel like he's the one that I'm really excited most for as far as young players besides Balogun. So, yeah, and I just want to repeat what uh, they—I uh, forget who put it out there. Um, Balogun likes to go by Ballo, not by Flow. So if you're going to shorten it, shorten it like to Ballo. Balotelli. Yeah, it's a good hopefully, sign. Hopefully I mean, maybe not the attitude. Yeah, <laughs> not the attitude so much, but. Uh, Nashville S did sign their first homegrown player, Adam Sepik or Sipic. Um, so that's their first ever homegrown signing. So congratulations to him. He's 17 years old. Uh, okay. U- U.S. job search. So there was a report saying Chirundolo from LAFC was being considered. Uh, he came out today and said that was a load of BS pretty much is uh, close to his words, as he said. He said it's like all fabricated or something. Uh, this was a report from Heath Pierce, too, of CBS uh, Sports Galazzo Network. So I don't know what to think. I don't know if he's just saying, like, I'm not interested or, you know, or, or if he's saying nobody's reached out. And maybe Heath Pierce was thinking, like, uh, this is what I, a name I heard and they just never got out to him. I already saw people being like, another MLS coach? We're never getting anywhere. And it's like, okay, Trundolo's very different too. I mean, he, he's played in Europe most of his life. He coached, you know, assistant coached at Hanover for a bit. Like he has overseas experience as well. So, I mean, it's not just like all these done. It, I don't think you'd be beholden to call in MLS players the way people think that there's some sort of MLS quota or something. But, uh, Look, I, I just want a manager at some point. <laughs> it's kind of like on my Christmas list <laughs> at this point. Uh, apparently, there's been like 10 names or 10 issues that uh, Crocker has been doing, but I, I don't know how true that is. He's not really supposed to start till August 1st, so I don't know how far in this he's doing. We already know we have a different manager under the Gold Cup and Nations League, so... He just he keeps Whatever. calling. He keeps calling Greg Berhalter. Greg's busy at the moment. He's like, come well, back, T- Greg. Yeah, TUDN is reporting that Berhalter right. <laughs> is number one option for Club America. What are they smoking? The phones must not work there. They might just like <laughs> they can only reach Greg Berhalter. Yeah, they have a one speed <laughs> dial. That's the only number they have. Um, I think that's interesting. I, I would love to see Greg at, at Club America. That's nice of you to say that it's interesting. 
I, I wonder say, how that would. I wonder how that would go. I, would I feel say, like Mexico fans would be like, "What is this?" Wait till they see the behind the back pass and those kicks, though. Like, they're they're going to be really thrilled with Greg. And then if he brings Geo with him, that's going to be fantastic as well. <laughs> that would be uh, like a Mexico uh, Mexican telenovela. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> bring down Geo. Claudio can be like uh, the front office. It would be a great reality TV show. Like, oh, I think it'd goodness. be wonderful. But no, I, I think. I think Greg can coach. I just don't think mm-hmm. he was a perfect fit for the U.S. No, no. I, I, I like. I think we he did as good as he could at, at the time with what he had. When you talk about, I know people like to point out his teams in Europe didn't have a lot of good goal scoring either. But really, when you see the number nine options he had here, it's not like he had a bunch of great options anyway. Uh, you know, that were established, right? I mean, like, have like young guys that are projected to maybe do good. I mean, if Balogun had committed last year, he'd been, he would have been at the World Cup. You know, maybe that'd be a different story, but it's whatever. I just want to know how it would be if he's at Club America and if they're not doing well. That's a huge Mexican club, man. He'd, he'd be fired pretty quick, I would think. All right, let's get to our match of the week preview here, starting with tomorrow, LAFC in Houston, Apple TV. It's free. It's at 10.30. Thursday, CONCACAF Champions League, uh, CONCACAF Nations League, sorry, I'm in autopilot. Uh, Panama versus Canada, that rhymes. 7 o'clock, these games I think are on like the CBS platforms. Uh, 10 o'clock is United States versus Mexico. Huge semifinal. I would love a U.S.-Canada final, uh, but uh, hopefully we can do it. Hopefully we can do it. We'll have like our A-team there, so I feel pretty good about that. Any any thoughts or predictions on USA versus Mexico? This is Thursday night. I think we still reign supreme. Uh I'm excited just to see some of the players that we're going to see. I think Balogun, you'll see some of. So I don't know if he'll play the whole 90 because all those European guys are coming off a long season. So you're probably Ooh, to see. I, I'm riding them in the ground in this game. Are you? Yeah. I'm maybe beating just Mexico like the and last, getting to the final. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just as a last, like, all right, guys, go, go finish them off and then enjoy your summer. Well, uh, I would also think that BJ, who is uh, managing, right, would want to show something. Yeah. as an interim coach too i don't think he's just gonna be like i'm just yeah. gonna protect these guys I, yeah. I don't know i think at this point it's a big enough gap because none of these players were in like the champions league final right yeah so i don't know uh, but yeah no i i think i think we still i think we're the better team nowadays like i, I really do i think the u.s men's national team roster is stronger than the mexican roster just because I think they, they've got a lot of aging players. They don't really have that guy that scares me anymore. So maybe Chucky, but like, I mean, besides Lozano, I, I just don't see anybody else that really just intimidates me like it used to be with the Mexican national team. So, yeah, no, I, I think, I think Jordan, we're, we're set up pretty well for the future. I think we've got a lot more talent than the, than the Mexican team does. Maybe not Canada. Canada's pretty darn good. So, uh that, that, I think that's the rivalry. That'll be uh, this next generation's. I would want to win this nation's league. Uh, but I, yeah. I think for CONCACAF, it's good if Panama or Canada wins it. And I just say that because to show other teams that we're, we're getting better as a, you know, if you're looking at CONCACAF, you, you would want one of those teams to win it. If you're Canada, you really want to win this. You want to show that you are, but they've won one gold cup, right? And like, that was like 2005. They, they want to show that they have actually arrived. You know, they were top of qualifying. They got to at least be Panama to get to the final. I think if you're they had a rough world cup though, they did, they did, but they played really good teams in that. World yeah, sure. They had a huge, tough group. Uh, Saturday, not a lot of games, but we have New York city FC hosting, Columbus Crew at 3:30, DC hosting RSL at 7:30, New England hosting Orlando at 7:30, SKC hosting LAFC at 8:30, Nashville hosting St. Louis 
at 8.30, and San Jose hosting Portland at 10.30. Do you have a game of the week pick out of these (laughs) six games? Yeah, I'm going to go Nashville, uh, St. Louis. I feel like it could be similar to what, you know, it could be a rivalry. Like, I feel like they're close enough in proximity, like you're in that that central part of the United States where uh, the the crowds are going to be intense both places you go, Geodis or St. Louis. So the fact that they're going to have to travel into Nashville, Nashville's playing pretty darn well. They're sitting second in the Eastern Conference at one four of their last five. And then with St. Louis kind of having a up and down season, just depending on when you catch them, uh, I don't know. I'm excited to kind of see what Nashville does. Nashville's still, again, looking for somebody that's going to be that consistent goal scorer. And I that's still a, don't. That's a really good game, Nashville, yeah. St. Louis. Yeah. But the fact good. that Hani Mukhtar has 10 goals uh, and the rest of the team, yeah. the next one's four with Fafa, uh, which is decent for him because you bring him in to do just that and add some goals off the wing. But like, uh, and even that I think Hani is on like up. a better pace than he was on his MV- yeah. MVP season. 10 goals, that's six insane. assists. That's insane. Like, it, it, arguably over that you and I talked about this, like over the stretch of the last two to three years, he's been the best player ever, best player in MLS. So yeah. that's wild. Well, you picked a good one. I, I'm going to pick new England, Orlando. I, I'm really curious about this one. Cause new England was, you know, battling for first, they were first for a few weeks, right. For, for a lot of it in the East, they're now 10 points behind Cincy, the same amount of games played. And they're now only four points above Orlando with one game extra played from Orlando. So Orlando has a game in hand. If they win this, they'll be only one point back in New England. And Orlando's been a team, I think, that a lot of us have said, we haven't seen the full Orlando, right? Like, they've never really hit their stride this season. So the fact that New England, had, I feel like, peaked so early in the season, now they're kind of free-falling. I'm kind of curious to see... Which one shows up? Orlando, uh, who who's kind of been winning a few lately, or is it going to be New England showing up and kind of showing out again and, and keeping Orlando at bay? Because if I'm New England, I'm a little worried about, I mean, again, we talked about last week, Philly has now kind of tied them on points, and Philly had had a, a bad start to the season. Um. So that's what I'm looking at. Orlando as well, like they can leapfrog Atlanta. Atlanta was a team that we thought started off pretty hot the first like four weeks, and now they've kind of cooled down as well. So, uh, also Montreal in ninth place, by the way, 22 <laughs> points as they uh, they beat Miami pretty bad this week. Um, yeah, Messi can't get here soon enough. I was going to say Miami might not ever win again until Messi gets here. <laughs> that's realistic. <laughs> and scary oh gosh could you imagine looking at that standings i, I mean i guess Messi would probably look he at doesn't care he's like i'm gonna wait. be in miami he's like just <laughs> you wait and then miami's gonna be like number one team in the eastern conference next year we've seen it happen uh, the year that seattle won their first mls cup they were <laughs> out of the playoff spot until they brought in nicholas ladero and Messi is a much player, much better player than Nicholas Ladero. So oh, that's debatable, Jordan. I, I do think that, you know, if he comes in and and uh, uh, they're talking about having to get rid of uh, Capania though to be able to fit Messi on the team. So I mean, he had, he had had a good start to the season. Um, so I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Miami still has no draws <laughs> on the season. Um, but yeah, so our picks were New England, Orlando, and Nashville, St. Louis. Then Sunday is the third place game and the final, uh, the final for the Nations League. So a quick turnaround there, and then we'll have more games on Wednesday, June twenty first. Now I will be out of town starting Thursday the twenty second. So I, I mean, we'll still be able to record, and I'll be back before we record again. So I think, I think we'll be pretty good there, but um, that Wednesday, I'm probably not going to be able to stay up late for these 10 30 games. Cause I'm going to be packing and going to sleep so I can leave early on Thursday, but it's fun. I'm really excited for the nation's league. I like this tournament. I think it's better than the gold cup. I, 
you know, I think teams are taking it more seriously than the Gold Cup do. When we're looking at the lineups and the rosters the U.S. have picked for it compared to the Gold Cup, you know, I think it's obviously which one they're they're prioritizing. They might just be prioritizing it because they play Mexico right off the bat, but I don't know. I think it's more intrigued. Maybe it's just because we won that first one in the Nations League final was really good that year that it really left an impression on me, but I mean, I'm really digging it more than the Gold Cup. All right, we'll start wrapping up. Uh, If you want to follow us at Stateside Show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. If you want to join our Discord, we just created one. And we got a few people in there. We're trying to grow that. Uh, I made channels on the Discord for every single league that could be imaginable, pretty much. And... uh, the link for that is just in our link tree. You just click the Discord logo and you can join the Discord that way. Uh, at, you know, straight, straight up on there too. But uh, thank you all for watching. Have a great rest. We'll catch you next time.